Blue Wire. I just, I want you to know, Sarah, that I'm battling a bit of a uh, stomach bug. No, are you sick? I I made a, I made a mistake. I fucked up. What did you? I eat? went. I <laughs> ate. I went to Raising Cane's and I got their four piece meal and a large Sprite, and it was just way too much grease and sugar for my stomach at the age that I'm at now. Like yeah. I just, as much as I like and it, and it makes me really sad because my favorite thing in the world is fried chicken. Oh, it's it, so amen. good. It's so good. But every time I eat it, I know that like, I have to take a nap or like, <laughs> I just, I get the bubble guts. It's like that Dave yeah. Chappelle. It's like the Dave Chappelle skit when he's eating barbecue, except for with fried food. Getting old is trash is, is ultimately what I'm getting at. Yeah. Getting old is trash. You want to talk about some kids that play for the Utah Jazz? I mean, sure. <laughs> some young people. Let's I mean, talk about the youths. The youth. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, I hope that you can make it through this episode. This is my flu game. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this is, well, in that case, congrats, folks, because this is going to be the best episode we've ever done. I'm, I'm, we're going to power through this. (laughs) And Sarah um, is going to carry me off the court. <laughs> I, on, my, on my shoulders, hoisting a trophy. <laughs> so local representative, local politician, Chris Stewart, uh, made a huge proclamation today that though vaccinated, he refuses to go to any more jazz games because they require proof of vaccination. Sir, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. He did serve in the, in the military. Uh, so thank you for your service. Um, what you're doing is it, it's brave. You're taking a huge stand about not going to a leisurely activity that the majority of people in your state, the majority of the people you represent cannot afford to go to. Yeah, really brave so stuff. I really think your, your stand it's it's inspiring for a lot of us it's really weird Um, it's really weird to like like if you're not gonna go and you don't like it like don't go what's the i just like don't understand the point behind like making a huge social media post and being like i've loved the jazz my whole life but like this is the reason i won't be going like all right meanwhile you're not gonna find a bigger advocate for the free market than Chris Stewart. Like that is a man, that is a man who is on, like if capitalism was a football field, this is a man that would be on the sidelines, you know, in a full cheerleading kit with pom-poms saying if capitalism can't do it, no one can. Here's the thing. It's like, if you, if you'd like to go into an arena and put people at risk, I mean, it's the same reason that they don't allow you to take a gun or a knife into an arena. 
Not only that, but like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, like he's they- a he's a Congress person, and I'm pretty sure as a member of Congress, you have to be vaccinated as well. I just like don't. Who cares? Let enough of that. I'm I'm sick of those. He's people. a piss baby, man. Yeah, I'm I'm sick of it because Jordan Clarkson at Jazz Media Day, he said it. You know, I'm hearing that fans don't want to go to games. Well, then you're going to be missing the best show in town. The Jordan Clarkson show, baby. <laughs> we have no other choice but to stand yeah. a king. We stand a king. Yeah. I, oh, I've got some updates for the yeah, Jordan please. Clarkson story. So he, it, there was the, the viral interview from uh, Haley Crombleholm. Drop the interview, Haley. Drop the full interview. Um, Don't be a coward. <laughs> and we asked Jordan about it at media day. And he said that he was out furniture shopping. Uh, and he, then he continued to go on and say that, you know, they were asking about, you know, the vaccine mandate and saying that fans weren't going to go into the buildings. And he said, go get your vaccine, go get the jab, get, get your COVID test and come see the best show in town. So love it. Love it from our King. Uh, but he was coming out of city Creek. Where's he furniture shopping? <laughs> they have a West Elm there. They have a West Elm there? Yeah. Oh, well. Right there on Main Street. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me to a man of, of great taste. A man of Im- immaculate taste, immaculate vibes. God, I hope, he, I hope he got a beautiful chair. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, An the man, accent chair. The man, yeah, he got some sort of like, I don't know, Persian footstool. I love that. <laughs> I love like that just, Jordan, Jordan's out furniture shopping at City Creek. I just... Come on. Come on. <laughs> I love it. I do have kind of a theory when it comes to furniture shopping, though, throughout like your life, if you're a parent, you know, and you go through like when you're first in college, you go and you buy like the absolute cheapest thing that you can. Yep. You know, you get out of college, you get your first job, you graduate to Ikea. Yeah. You know, and you as you move up the ranks, your furniture gets better. Right. And then the second you have a kid, everything turns back. You're right. To- you're go, you're right back to what you were shopping for in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I've gotten to the point where it's like I'm just replacing one piece of furniture at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I have a nice bookshelf where it used to be like the Walmart particle board, right? Oh yeah. And uh I still have a futon. I'm 30 34 years old and I've got a futon as a couch, but it's because I'm saving up for a very specific green velvet couch that will be beautiful oh. it's gonna be great we, we just got the couch last oh, year man the couch is like that's, yeah that's that was level. that was a monumental moment yeah that was like a little bit of like we've kind of sort of made it like that's up there in the stratosphere of getting like the uh joint costco membership yeah. When you, when you spare no expense on a piece of furniture and you get exactly what you want, mm-hmm. it's a moment. That's a, that's a milestone in life. Yeah. We got, we got the nice couch and then we moved the other couch down to the, the playroom. And it's just, it's the boys like jungle gym. Oh, and yeah. we're like very much in the f- it phase. We're just like, I don't care about this thing anymore. Like have that a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So things have really kicked off uh, in jazz nation. We had media day where we talked to everyone training camp wrapped up today. I am currently in Las Vegas, flying back to salt Lake tomorrow on Friday. And 
it's it's been a whirlwind first uh preseason game is on monday and it's just we're here it's here that baby. is wild it is here it is here <laughs> and i am here f- i'm so excited yeah we've Let's- talked about how how much of a bummer this summer was and i mean october we are moments away from yeah. october the best month of the year Ah, it, this is it's so great. And I, I just would say, I mentioned that we would, we would be interviewing players in person again. And I cannot tell you number one, just how good it feels to be allowed to be back in a gym and watching these guys practice and knowing that I just have that proximity to the game. It feels like, oh, my life is back to normal. I mean, not totally normal. Right. I mean, there's still all these precautions that we have to go through with the players and coaches and everyone, but uh-huh interviewing a player or coach in person isn't is a completely different world media day and then the the days in training camp when we had availability with these guys the best interviews that i have conducted since march 11th of 2020 there's banter you can ask follow-ups you're not just a square on a screen and even the players were saying it that it felt really nice to get back into the room and actually do that stuff again it's the content is going to be so much better this year. And for the readers who read me at Deseret.com, for the people who listen to this podcast, you're, everything is going to be better this year around. I do love that for you. Yeah, it's truly, really honestly, this is, this is wonderful for you. And I'm happy. With that in mind, let's talk about some of the highlights from Jazz Media Day. That was on what? Monday. It's, it's the day when, you know, the general manager, the head coach, all of the players, they come in, they sit down, they get there. They do record radio promos. They record TV spots. They record all the stuff that they are doing for the pro, the intro video in the arena. And then they sit down with the reporters and they have interviews that are as long as we want them to be. And the big news coming out of media day from the jazz is that the, not just the jazz players, not just the jazz coaches, staff, executives, coaches, players, 100% vaxxed. Folks. Listeners, compadres, compatriots, we love to see it. We love to see it. That's that's great. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe I'm a little too high in the sky, but that to me is like a great sign of chemistry and people buying into the team and the culture and like having other people's best interest at heart and like. That's a great sign from, from that angle, as well as like, you know, the health benefits, because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And like from a, from a basketball side of things, you look across the league and you've got Bradley Beal spouting misinformation and apparently not caring that he lost his sense of smell when he got COVID. You've got, you know, Andrew Wiggins. I guess D'Angelo Russell doesn't give a shit either because he tweeted that Kyrie is the goat or something like that. Uh, Kyrie yeah. is doing his thing. You got all these people. So like all these teams and those that's creating huge distractions. Imagine huge. being, imagine being the other players on like the wizards or the nets or anywhere else. And they've got to deal with these questions. No one's talking about like how good's the season going to be because no one cares because there's all this other controversy and drama going on that everyone has to deal with. Meanwhile, it's just like a a sigh of relief for everyone when you walk into the room and they're like, 
no, nah, uh, we're fully vaxxed everyone. So no problems, no big deal. That's great. Yeah. 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 And like, for me, it would be hard to concentrate on something else. Like at the end of the day, basketball is, is kind of trivial in the grand scheme of things and people, you know, thousands of people dying every day is much more pressing. Right. So yeah, like that's going to be top of mind yep. as it should be. And it, again, we've talked about it. It feels like ad nauseum, like every episode now we're having a COVID segment. COVID segment. <laughs> it's just so frustrating at this point, you know, like yeah. there's no, there's no reason for it. And you've got guys like Joe Ingalls, who he has a son that's immunocompromised. And so for him to be able to come into the room and say like, yeah, it's really great to know that I'm going to work. And like, because the virus is transmitted at a higher rate through unvaccinated people, it's nice to know that like, I'm going to work. Everyone there is vaccinated and I can go home to my kids and know that I've been as safe as possible around other people that are being as safe as possible. Yeah. That has to be just that, that peace of mind, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I don't have an immuno, immunocompromised son, but I do have an 88 year old father who yeah. I help take care of. And we, my, my family and I have had to be incredibly careful and knowing, you know, like my entire family's vaccinated, you know, and we were able to have a small wedding for my, my brother a couple weeks ago. Congratulations, Brad and Angeline. Congratulations, Brad and Angeline. That's great. Yeah. And we like, but we were, we were able to have that like small ceremony and reception and know again, like, yeah, we were, we're all being careful. We're all vaxxed and like, you know, we're all we taking can, the precautions. Can, yeah. We're doing what we can to keep ourselves, ourselves as, as healthy as possible. And it's uh, ourselves and everyone else. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's communal, yeah. you know, it's, and I think that's been the big problem is just the, the myopia, right? you know, how myopic people are. I watched a lot of the media day availabilities from the other teams. And, you know, like we said, in, in Philadelphia, you've got people who are using words like disappointed and I don't know, and uncomfortable. And, you know, it's, it's not happy conversations that they're having on uh -uh. media day and to start training camp. And with the jazz, it's like, no controversy, no drama. There's no scandal. No one's trying to force their way out. Everyone's vaxxed. It's just basketball. And it was like the first day of school. Everyone came in with a smile on their face and everyone was jovial and happy. It's that is a very good place for a team to be this season in particular to be kicking things off. Yeah. That gives me a lot of optimism. Yeah. You know, and that that everyone's on the same page, everyone's excited, controversy is not there. It seems like there's no, you know, there's no beef between players. You know, there, there was the the only thing we heard about the Jazz this offseason was like how much Donovan was killing it in like pickup games. Right. You know, like those are good headlines to have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about before the narrative heading into this season is, are the jazz going to be uh, more than a second round playoff team? And one of the biggest components of that is health. 
And mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about it a ton. And it was one of the things that I asked the guys about a lot on media day when we first talked to them is like, you want to deliver a roster to the postseason healthy. And so what are you willing to do to make sure that you're healthy come playoffs? Because the regular yeah. season, you guys are going to win a bunch of games. That doesn't matter, right? You know, you're going to be able to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it, it was an interesting conversation because it has me thinking about things a little bit differently because so let's just go through some of the things that play into that, like health component, mm-hmm. um, Mike Conley, right. Got to keep him healthy. Absolutely. So no talking to Mike Conley about it. It's like, are you willing to sit, rest more, play less? And he's like, well, I mean, I was, I wasn't playing a back-to-backs last season, probably going to do the same thing again this season. And he was doing everything right. Mike Conley's like one of the most in shape guys at his age. And so there's not really a lot else that he can do. And like when he's feeling good and all of the trainers and doctors on the team are like, yeah, everything's good, looks good. And he doesn't feel anything. And he just has that hamstring pull. It's hard to really know where you were going to prevent that. And, and so you think the, the next step of that is like, okay, what if he's playing less minutes tonight? And so then when I talked to Quinn about that, he actually brought up some good points where it's like, yeah, I mean, I could, I could play Mike a couple less minutes, but it's not like I play him like 34 minutes a game. Right. Right. I bring up, you know, bring up the fact of like, uh, taking out the starters earlier in blowout losses. Well, I actually went and looked at the numbers. There was like 15 games where they were up by 20 or more in the fourth quarter. And in maybe seven of them, when I looked through the play-by-play on those, I would have taken out the players one or two minutes earlier. Interesting. And so if we're talking about seven games, one or two minutes, like for every player, that only equals maybe 30 minutes saved over the course of the season. Right. And so it's not a huge number once I actually got into them. And so I'm like, all right, maybe that criticism was overblown. It just sticks in people's head when they see it, you know? Sure. And then Quinn brings up the fact we, we weren't holding shoot arounds. So guys are having less stress on their bodies on game days because we weren't doing game day shoot arounds. Uh, rarely we're having practice and obviously we're going to try to like, you know, if we can get guys more rest through the regular season, then like we'll do that. And having a deeper team and a deeper bench allows us to do that at the same time. It's like, if I'm not playing Jordan Clarkson for 29 minutes, if I'm not playing Joe Ingles for 24 minutes, I'm using those players wrong. Right. That's a good point. And you win games and you become a good team because the good players are on the court. Yeah. And so, I mean, I get it. I, I think that the answer is somewhere there in the middle. And then I brought this up before as a possibility too. I said, what if it's not just Quinn? What if it's the players? What if they're the ones that are like, I want to be on the court. You're right. Right. And right. I asked Donovan and Joe about that. And both of them are like, listen, if, if the trainers come to me and they tell me like, Hey, we want you to take a night off. And these are the reasons and they feel good about the reasons and they agree with everything. then like, they're more than willing to do that. Donovan even said, I'm more so willing to do it now than I have in the past, but he's 25 years old. And, sure. he, and then he also waffles. Cause he comes back and he says, I'm not going to sit like five games, you know, right. like I, I don't want to miss a game. I want to be out there. And so like the competitive nature of these teams of these players, that's what you want out of them too. 
And yeah. so the balance in between like getting these guys to take it easy versus wanting to win a bunch of games and do really well, that's a difficult balance to come by. And I actually think that the Jazz have done a pretty good job. That's, yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because those seem to be the things that stuck out the most. Right. To to us, to fans, to the, you know, the Twitter sphere. Um, but you do bring up some good counter arguments. And now I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm reassessing, but it, I'm definitely seeing things from a different perspective and you're right like you know i never played in the nba but the games that i have played and i don't want to sit on the bench no i want to go out there and i want to play every minute that i can if you're feeling completely healthy yeah if i'm especially if i'm feeling good yeah so I, i i can totally relate to that i think what the jazz went out and did in getting even more good players you know you said like there's a you win games by having good players on the court. And I think the Jazz went out and got even more good players. Right. I think Hassan Whiteside is a probably starter, starter level center in the league, you know. And if Rudy needs to sit a game, well, you've got you got him, you know, or if somebody else needs to sit, well, you've got Rudy Gay, or you know, you got Eric Pascal. And now I think there's another opportunity for guys like Mieoni and uh, Trent Forrest, and we get to see Jared Butler. So I, th- I think the key there is, yeah, ex- not necessarily just playing the end of bench guys for the sake of playing the end of bench guys, but more so like expanding and elevating the overall talent level of the team. Right. And I think the Jazz have done that. And I think they just are going into this season with even more weapons in their arsenal. And I think that can help pay some dividends. I think my one question is still looming is who is that backup point guard? Right. Is it Trent Forrest? Is it Jared Butler? Do the Jazz go out and get someone? I'm not going to name any names. I've heard rumors. That's all I'm going to say. I've heard rumors um, from, from sources. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm very interested in that, but that's really like, I don't really have a whole lot of other questions about this roster. Yeah. You know, I think they, I think, especially on paper, they got better and, and, you know, going into the season, you've got more options and I trust Quinn. Quinn's a lot smarter and knows a lot more about basketball than I do. Yeah. Sometimes it's important to like remind ourselves of that. I have to do that yeah. too. Cause I can be really critical. I know that I can, I can be harsh sometimes. And I have to remember that like Quinn Snyder and then the multiple doctors and statistical scientists that they have on staff know so much more than I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think, and I think the players also, it's good to, for them to remind themselves that those people are experts in their fields. Yeah, exactly. A couple of other highlights from media day in particular, a couple of fun things, meeting Hassan and Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal in person. Um, I actually have met Eric Pascal a few times because he was a Philly guy 
and then he worked out for the Sixers when I covered them after he was done at Villanova. And uh, what I'll say is that the guy is in shape. Like he looks great. He, I, I don't know, even in the videos that came out, like he was so much more cut in person. He's thick and jacked is what he is. He is that man. <laughs> he's kind of built like a refrigerator, but like with muscle definition. He's so much more svelte than I than I. He's got he, some broad ass shoulders. Broad shoulders, small waist. Yeah, he's got so, that V. He does. Got, he's got that V. <laughs> I don't. I'm excited for the guy. I I'm high on Eric Pascal, and the more the more we talk about him, the more I'm ex- more excited I am about him, and I think that he can be a contributor off the bench. I think he's going to make the rotation. We should get Eric Basco on here. Talk about Philly. Let's do. Can we please? Yeah, I love the Philly. Episode. Can we have? I, I want a strictly Ishka Bibbles. <laughs> yeah, dude. That podcast. Place, that place smells so bad. I did not it's, like Ishka Bibbles. It's, it's terrible. It's gross. Yeah. But it's also that's what it's like. We can say the same thing about our favorite bar. Yeah. Oh, tattoo moms. Tattooed moms. Place tattooed smells moms. like incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get a shot and a beer there for like three bucks. Hassan Whiteside is uh, he's he's funnier and more. He's hilarious. He's and he's also very thoughtful. And Rudy Gay has this in common that Hassan and Rudy, when you ask them a question, they don't just give you like the, the pre-built answer that they have in their head. They will. If they don't know exactly the answer, they'll think about it and wait. And then once they've thought about it, they'll give you the answer. It's that's something I really appreciate about guys is that they're not trying to bullshit you. Uh, they're, they're really going to talk to you. And I'm surprised at how much I like Tassan. What's your, what's your read on him? Does he look like somebody who, you know, he has a reputation who proceed, that precedes him mm-hmm. um, as being a bit of a head. Right. Is this a guy who you think could continue those actions or is this a guy who seems humbled and focused and knows his role and is ready to help this team win a title. hundred percent. He knows his role. I, that came across clear as day on media day. He, That's so good to hear. He was like, I talked to Quinn. He told me I'm not going to get as many post touches as I usually do. That's not the way the offense runs here. He's like, but I've been waiting for a role like this. I know, I know what I'm coming to do. I know that I'm here to back up Rudy. And this is the kind of defense that I like to run. And I've been looking for something like this. I mean, it also sounds like it, it must have been, I mean, especially in Sacramento and like Portland was a weird situation too. It's like, it feels like he has learned a lot about himself over the last few years. That's what comes through for him. Yeah. Seems like there's some maturity there. It does. I mean, he talked about the fact that when he was in Sacramento, he's like, I'm a lot older than all those guys. I had nothing in common with them. Right. What am I supposed to do in that situation? And he comes here and now he's like around a lot more vets and he, it seemed to like take some weight off of his large shoulders. He's a very, very big man. Oh, speaking of big men, (laughs) we haven't seen these guys in person in almost two years, right? 18 months, whatever. Uh And so we're sitting there, Rudy Gobert walks in and I'm like, forgot how big he is. He's and a then, giant man. And then Hassan Whiteside comes in. I'm like, ah, these guys are bigger than I remember. And so, 
and you get used to it when you're around, you know, six, eight, seven foot guys a lot, you get used to it. Right. And then, so I, I did some Googling and tried to figure out how many seven foot people are in the world. Somewhere between two and 3000, which means the NBA has like 5% of all of those people. That's so incredible. That's wild. And so it's just, it's, it's interesting that those are the people that I, I see a lot and they, God, that's, those are big dudes, <laughs> which yeah. I'm laughing at myself because I'm, you know, a decade into an NBA career, an NBA reporting career. And I'm like, wow, these guys are big. <laughs> yeah. I do kind of like what the jazz have done though, with, with their centers where it's just, they, they like look at what's going on in the NBA and they see the small ball thing. And then like Justin Zanuck looks at the league and he's like, it, make them bigger. <laughs> Bring me a seven foot two or please. If you are not seven feet tall, you do not walk in this building. <laughs> if you cannot touch the top of the backboard, pack Get your bags. Out. <laughs> What um Royce O'Neal made a great joke at Media Day. He was like Wait, Royce speaks. It again, best interviews I've had in two years. I'm so I'm so happy for you. Th- speaking of a guy who looks thick and jacked. Yeah, Royce is jacked, man. Royce, yeah. Royce that man, is- that man has put in some work. Yes, yes. That man is that man is made of just a slab of iron. Yeah, he's point. he is straight muscle, all of it. He, he made he made a joke because I asked, you know, you you know what Donovan is like off the court because you're his best friend on the team. What it, has he changed? Like, what's different now that his childhood best friend is also here? Like, does can you see a difference in Donovan? And I mean, he did kind of skip the question that I asked, but he but he made a joke and he was like, well, you know, things might get awkward because Donovan might have to choose. And I don't want to make Eric jealous, but like, if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so, that's the kind of mood that it was that day. Doke laughed. We saw Doke smile like four times. And is that even allowed? Oh, and here's what I'm here's I am putting a call out to all jazz players not named Udoka. Can you guys hang out with this guy, please? <laughs> I want him to have friends. We asked him if he connected with some of the other players and he during the offseason and he just said no. And it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my I God. just I just want them to hang out with Doke. That's what I want. Doke, come hiking with me, guy. Yeah. I, I don't think they make mountain bikes in your size. So I don't think that I think and I don't think that I think that would probably violate your contract. But yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go walk up some mountains, man. I'll be your friend. He's the most relatable person because he's like, mm, it's like, what do you do outside of basketball? And he's like, I don't know, like watch sports center and play video games. And it's like, yep. Yep. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm playing crash bandicoot. And I don't think that there's a lot of the NBA that's doing that. <laughs> so you are no longer relatable. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I made the joke of like, no friends watches a lot of TV wow that that man is me (laughs) he is the most relatable player in the nba (laughs) media day was great that led to training camp starting in vegas which turns out 
that it was actually Quinn's idea to do this. Uh, Interesting. Why? So he said that when they got to the bubble in Orlando, that he noticed something happening with the team that he really made note of. Uh-huh. Guys would go from their hotel room to the gym that was in the hotel that was set up in a ballroom. Yeah. And because they'd flown the courts out there and set them yeah. up. And it was like, okay, well, they don't even have to get on a bus. They're just walking into the gym together. They don't even have to get on a bus. All the meals are together. All the activities are together. Every time we want to talk to someone, they're just in the room over. And everything was so, there was such close quarters that the team bonded more than he'd ever seen them bond before. Yeah. And so when he was thinking about coming back from training, coming to training camp, he walked into like ZBBC and Vivint, there's banners hanging from the rafters and there's like trophies and pictures of accomplishments and, you know, Rudy Gobert's a three, three time DPOY and all, all it's like, uh, just a hall of accomplishments. And he's like, yeah, but we're just coming off a really horrible loss and everyone feels bad. Right. Right. So that wasn't really the vibe that he wanted to like start training camp with. So come to Vegas, you create that bubble again, where everyone's just around each other, only do it for a few days so that it's not as exhausting as the NBA bubble. You go through what happened last year and say, all right, that's what happened. This is how we're going to fix it. And now we move on. Then you go back to Utah and you can walk in and different perspective. And I actually think it's a great idea. And everyone seems to have been really happy about how things went here in Vegas. That's interesting to hear. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't really argue against the logic. Seems like yeah. you've got a story to write. It, I do have a story to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's cool though. And it's, it's, you know, I think it's, it's smart, you know, and especially if you have results, you know, if this is the same thing that happened in Orlando, why not try to uh, recreate that outside yeah. of this time? Let's not blow a three, one lead in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the new, the biggest news out of training camp came today. Rudy Gay had surgery in June to kind of clean up his heel and they, they took out a bone spur, uh, a really minimally invasive procedure. Uh, but it does mean that Rudy Gay is not going to be available for any of the preseason games. And he might miss some games uh, just in that the early part of the regular season, but yeah. the team, the team fully expects for him to be back in the early season. The only reason that they're, you know, they're just being extra cautious with him because it's like, we, we don't have to rush Rudy gay back. Right. Yeah. He's old. Yeah. And so wait until he's like 100% completely pain-free and completely healed. And then we'll get him going. Uh, he's still able to do stuff. It's not like he's in a walking boot or anything like that. Um, that was the biggest news to come out today. Uh, also Boyan Bogdanovich has not taken part, uh, in full contact stuff with the jazz yet. And again, that's just pure abundance of caution. His shoulders just a little bit sore. There's nothing wrong. And they were just like, it's training camp. Like we don't need you to like take part in the scrimmages because they know what Boyan does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go get buckets, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. He's been in the league for like what? 10 years now. Yeah. So yeah, it's, we know what Bogey's going to do. Yeah. Boyan and Rudy Gay, like there's no reason for them to like rush through or like go hard during training camp. And also 
you know, not playing Rudy Gay in the preseason games is going to give Eric Pascal a huge opportunity. Yeah. I'm really excited to see this team come out, see, see preseason, see what Quinn does with the lineups when he is healthy. I'm really excited to see what Rudy Gay can bring to this team. I am, I'm, I'm jazzed. Let's just, ah. let's just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's hard not to be optimistic about this team. Yeah. I'm especially, you know, we talked about all the sort of mishaps that are happening with other people around the league. Uh, it's hard not to be optimistic when things feel this good. These injuries are incredibly minor. Everyone's allowed to be cautious right now because they, all they have is time on their hands right now. I am really looking forward uh, to seeing how this team works together. And I'm also really excited about the development of the young guys, all of it. And a preseason is usually a lot about the young guys. And so I'm, I'm interested to see them, see them get out there and compete. Yeah. It can't come soon enough. I know I'm ready for Monday. I'm ready for Monday. That's that's a weird thing to say. I'm never, never, I hate Mondays. I'm like Garfield. I love lasagna yeah. and I hate Mondays, but I'm going to make an exception for this Monday and I will be tuning in and you can bet your sweet asses that Sarah and I will be talking about the game afterwards. Absolutely. Hey, I just wanted to tell everyone, uh, I know that at the end of every episode, I'm like, do all the things. And I say, you know, give us a five-star review, but I'm serious. Give us those five-star reviews because, or a four, I'll take a four-star. I'm not picky. Sure. When you actually leave a review and a rating, it helps so much. Those algorithms are suckers for ratings and reviews. And so if you love the podcast, or even if you just like the podcast. <laughs> even if you hate it, <laughs> give still us a, send us a good review because no, we're a, good people. Send us an email if you hate it. Don't don't rate the show. <laughs> but yeah, do it. Do us a do us a solid. That would be really really great. Greg, any closing thoughts? Ben Simmons is the biggest. <laughs> I think I've ever heard of, and I love that Joel Embiid is going scol- scorched earth right now, mm-hmm. and basically just forcing the front office to trade him. Uh, I'm really, I'm really interested in what's going to go on in Philly. Like at this point, like, you know, that, that is a relationship that is unsalvageable. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, I'm really interested to see where he ends up. You know, I think, you know, I think D'Angelo Russell is going to love Philadelphia. Oh, don't, don't, I don't want D'Angelo Russell out there. He'll, He'll be that much closer to Kyrie. Oh my God. You know, I was talking about this the other day. If all these guys that are just acting like idiots and assholes before the season starts, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Andrew Wiggins, D'Angelo Russell, are there really that many people that would be mad if they never played again? It, I, it would bum me out for a very short period of time. Right. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing right now, the teams that they play for, if those contracts were voided, the teams would be very happy on oh, yes. all of those players, every single one of them. Yeah. I will say I could probably go my whole life without watching Andrew Wiggins play basketball and be just fine. <laughs>
Yeah, I've thought that before. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll, I'll I'll whatever. Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, I'd be sad for a little bit, maybe for like a few games and then, you know, I just watch Zion or someone and be happy again. Yeah. Happy trails, Ben Simmons. Good luck. Good luck in the weeks to come. Yeah. <laughs> Tough stuff. <laughs> you hate to see it. Again, there is a policy that I have on both shows that I co-host, and that is sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Uh, that's it from us this week guys do all the things rate review subscribe five stars give them to us uh, you can follow greg at dad champ dad you can follow me at nba sarah send us an email unsalvageablepod at gmail.com and we will talk to you next time